Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to this Woodward's podcast. We appreciate your support. If uh, you'd like to get involved, you want to write for us or you want to email us and tell us what you thought about a film that we reviewed, you can email us at woodwardsdetroit at gmail.com. That's woodwardsdetroit at gmail.com. And if you like what you're uh, you're listening to here, please rate and review us on iTunes. It, it helps a lot. We'd really appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening. So let's, uh, let's get you to the show. All right. Here we go. Welcome to the Woodwards Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Hammer. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Hi, guys. <laughs> what are you laughing? Who's laughing here? How's it going? We're back to normal show this week. Normal. We did three movies last week. This week we're only doing one. I'm still worn out. How's it going? How is how's life? Colin, you watched American Horror Story? I did. And that, is it amazing? Is it been, how many episodes have there been? One. That's it? <laughs> That's it? It's on tonight. Uh, oh, well, yeah. exciting. We'll have to get I out of here in time for you to see it. Yeah, open a bottle of wine. Yeah, and get back and stream <laughs> <laughs> more. Uh, Mitch, what have you, you been watching what these days? I'm, what have I been watching? I was watching The Muppets. Nice. Um, is that still funny? I, I haven't caught up on that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got its moments. Okay. It's still very sexual and different. But, uh, <laughs> sexual puppets. Yeah, yeah. sexual puppets. Um, and I watched the new SNL with Amy Schumer. Oh, yeah, I heard I that got good. Hilarious. Yeah. It was very funny. And, nice. you know, hit or miss on some sketches, but overall, very funny. Yeah, I know Walking Dead started this week. I didn't watch, I'm not caught up on that at all. I tried watching yeah. season five to catch up. I just, I fell asleep. It was, I couldn't. Star Wars Rebels season two starts tonight. <laughs> I am pumped about that. Uh-huh. And hopefully we'll get a new trailer next week. And yeah, guys, fall is, is in full throttle here and I love it. Yeah. Um, everyone, welcome to the Woodward's film cast. This is your Detroit podcast for movie, TV, news and discussion. Um, introductions are in order. My name is Kale Davidoff. I am here with my good friends. Mitch Haba And Colin Ward. Every week we get together having seen the same movie to sit around and talk the crap out of it. What we've been doing since the show started way back in April is every five episodes or so, we'll go back and, and not do a current movie, but we'll go back in time. Starting from 1990, we're going up a year um, every five episodes or, show, or so. So now we're to 1994. So this week's film that we're discussing is none other than Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, which will be uh, a great discussion that I can't wait to get to. But we start off every week with some movie and TV headlines. Um, guys, I think uh, Jennifer Lawrence has been in the news all week this week. Um, we got this new movie, Joy, coming out. Um, and uh, it was just announced that she's going to be doing a movie with Darren Aronofsky, hmm. which is kind of cool, right? Sweet. Yeah, Sweet. yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, Mitch, you missed the episode when we talked about it, I believe. But, Colin, we talked about it a while ago. Darren Aronofsky is supposed to do an Evil Knievel movie, um, which we were kind of intrigued by. But it, apparently he's stepped away from that. And the next movie he's going to do is this mystery one with Jennifer Lawrence. Have you guys heard any? I've, I've tried reading up what this is going to be, and there's no really big press release about it. Yeah, all three um, articles I read said mystery movie, <laughs> and they all use that. So, yeah, I have no idea. Mysterious. Is it I'm a it. mystery movie, or is it like a, a mystery, mystery movie? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> take either. <laughs> I'm not sure, but you know, I love Jennifer Lawrence, and I love Darren Aronofsky, and I, I can't wait for this. I think it's 
who knows? I just can't wait to see what they can cop. Yeah, together. I mean, she's such a strong actress, and he's known for getting great performances out of his actors. So right. it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. So Mitch, since you weren't there, I mean, are you ups- are you are you upset that this Evil Knievel movie is not going to happen now? No, no. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I I think Evil Knievel. I know how much you love uh, yeah. Daredevils. <laughs> I love Daredevils and just you know motorcycle jumps. Uh, you know the Grand Canyon. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I think that's an interesting story to tell, but um, it will happen at some point. It doesn't need why. I don't know. I don't know. Who who could play Evil Knievel? I don't, I don't know. Johnny Knoxville? Maybe Jennifer Lawrence. Maybe that's what's happened. That would <laughs> it's be a mystery. Ooh, that would be pretty cool. Groundbreaking. Um, oh. How Je- brave of her. How brave. How, brave. <laughs> How stunning and brave. It's like a, <laughs> such a stunt of her to do that. <laughs> so uh, she's also so really what the, the biggest news for her though this week she came out with this like uh, I guess kind of like blog post or, or, or essay essay about. You know how she's kind of fed up with the fact that her male counterparts are, are receiving more money than than her. I, I didn't. Re- I tried looking deep into this. I guess there was something that came out in the Sony hack last year about specifically that they weren't gonna. I don't. Do you guys know anything about that? Mm-hmm. It was like a lot of. Um, it was basically a rundown of who was getting paid what at Sony and at other um, studios in the industry. So even from like grips to lead actors right, and stuff right, right. and found out that Jennifer Lawrence and a lot of her female counterparts don't get paid anywhere near as close to um, what her male their male co-stars get paid if I remember correctly it was the really the um, for American Hustle so that was a Sony yeah movie that okay. everyone's pay for American Hustle got leaked okay and she was significantly low significantly lower than her co-stars right like mm-hmm. bradley cooper and yeah because I, I saw actually today bradley cooper came out you know and saying this, her, is, yeah. this is great and she should come out and say this and um i don't want to be too cynical here but she is like the number two i think this is true she's the number two highest paid actor in the world next to robert downey jr um so it's fascinating <laughs> i think it's good it's obviously good for her to use her 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 uh her, her presence and her her power to come out and, and be in support of those who are getting paid less. But I guess, you know, the, the cynical part of me is like, she makes a lot of money. Yeah. I'm glad she actually <laughs> mentioned that in her, yeah, yeah I know, in her essay I too. Yeah. I she mean, wasn't like, I don't make anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I think a part of this is at least, especially for actors and actresses is just the fact that there hasn't been, you know, there aren't a lot of high profile roles. Like there's not an Iron Man for, for women and it's, but it's getting there, you know, I like, mean, just what she said about, you know, in negotiations, not like being a, not like wanting to come across as, I, I forget the exact words she used, but like, um, bratty or yeah, was it yeah, like like snotty? privileged or, or like yeah. she deserves something. Yeah. 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 And that's like such like a serious thing. Just an everyday, you know, workplace negotiation, negotiations. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. think the stat is something like, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to give an exact number, but the, because I don't know it, women don't or feel afraid to negotiate. Right, that's like, that's on part a significantly of like the lower wage. level. Right, than, yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but statistics, statistics do show that women are less likely to negotiate. You know, in fear of this, like mm-hmm. 
you know, coming across mm-hmm. as I deserve something. So. Yeah. Uh, but they Be- do. I mean, Be- they do. Yeah. You know, you deserve a, a, a pay raise as much as anyone. When you're so, the biggest actress in the world, like Jennifer Lawrence is, you deserve to be paid as big as the biggest actress yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. So. But he, this is just to pay devil's advocate on this one. Yeah. I know it was for American Hustle. Her part was the smallest in American Hustle, so yeah. I mean, that's the it's it's hard. It's it, that's like, why it's hard. <laughs> it's like you look at you know I mean you look at Robert Downey Jr. You know, part of the reason he's the highest paid actor and that's obviously Iron Man, but also because that he negotiated well, he not it really negotiated, well. But I'm just saying that's a whole franchise of movies that basically he is responsible yeah. for. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? And they need him in all those movies because he literally draws people to yeah. see even ant-man i mean they you know it's part of this like because iron man worked he's getting paid out the wazoo every year so i, I yeah kind of there's variables i mean mm-hmm. and she's got this joy movie coming out um which i guess you Colin, you mentioned earlier that it's going to be up for drama yeah at the golden globes yeah i mean everyone was having it put on the comedy side because recently the david o russell movies and they all all of them seem to have this tone to them that is kind of comedic and i mean i just think for awards season if you want to be considered for award season it's better to go in the comedy side to get that best picture oscar nomination mm-hmm. because there's way more dramas fighting for a best picture nomination right like you have a chance a to stand out yeah. yeah so if you win the comedy golden globe that's like pretty much well also could guarantee you an oscar nomination because you've won the comedy one yeah and also the trailer suggests a lightheartedness yeah. to it, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, you know, she mm-hmm. shoots the shotgun and she goes, "My name's Joy, by the way." You know, it's so yeah. it's very you know cheeky and stuff. So you're surprised that it's being listed as a drama? Yeah, I am. I I don't know. We'll see. I don't really know much about that movie, too, other than it's yeah, I, I David O. Russell and his cast of <laughs> his cast of players, probably doing the same fucking thing in this movie yeah, as right. every other movie. <laughs> Yep. And speaking of great acting, we uh, we saw Black Mass a few weeks ago, four weeks ago maybe, I don't know, a while ago, and um, we, we talked about how we think, uh, probably, I think the consensus between the three of us was that Johnny Depp should get nominated for an Oscar for that role, or will get nominated, um, and um, he's never won one, and he came out, I think, was that today, or yesterday, this week, he came out and said he doesn't want one. Johnny Depp said, I don't want to win one of those things ever, you know. The idea of winning means that you're in competition with someone and I'm not in competition with anybody. On the acceptance speech, he said, I don't have I don't want to have to talk. I get it, but I'm sure he'll show up if he's nominated. Yeah. I love this quote. They gave me one of those things, like a nomination, two or three times. <laughs> a nomination is plenty, Depp said. Yeah, that is. I mean, I know no, those so people. Like, I honestly think like a nomination's great. If I got one, that'd be just be fucking amazing. I know. I can see what he what he's saying. Yeah, I, I do too. But I I think like also he probably would take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know like, if they no if they gave him an Oscar, it'd be like this will look great in my living room, right? I mean, how could he yeah. not? Yeah, I I agree. But of all the like people who who have vocally said that they disagree with the way the Oscars are run or don't like the idea of them, like Joaquin Phoenix. And I think Edward Norton too has said this. I would, 
I would prefer to see Joaquin Phoenix win one just to see what he would say <laughs> to people because you know he would just he would just yeah it would, it would be good TV yeah because yes. when he, when uh, during the Master when he was nominated uh, or during a couple of years ago when he was nominated for the Master they cut to him during the nomination he was like eating peanuts he had like, <laughs> he had, like crap in his mouth he was like what awesome. with the messy hair uh, Johnny Depp would if he was nominated and won he would go up there and give like a speech like everyone else. Uh, that's why I don't but he, really... But he probably would. And he's I, eccentric. That's why I, I find this... Him. I think this is different than like Joaquin Phoenix and Edward Norton in the sense that Johnny Depp strikes me as different than those guys because he will just... He just loves... It seems like he loves acting. He loves working and like that's it. He's not... There's not... I don't sense this as being pretentious. I see this as being like humble that's being true. like i don't want to be in competition with fellow actors i mean the guy does mordecai and that's true. Uh, yeah. he did tusk he's doing yoga Ho- i mean not when i love tusk but like that's not a movie that edward norton would do you know what i mean uh-huh. um he just seems like a guy who loves acting and i and he's not in it for the metal you know yeah, yeah but edward norton would voice a fan duel commercial <laughs> or a DraftKings commercial <laughs> do yeah. That? yeah i think it's the DraftKings one yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i try to tune those out every time they come on which is every second of every day <laughs> yeah. they need to make money before they're about to be thrown in prison yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta pay that bail um so we'll see do you think this hurts his this doesn't hurt it at all, does no, it? No, I don't think so. I think most Colin, things... Do you, do you think? think? I... I'm sitting over there like, maybe. Maybe. I mean, what's the last time that someone said something like this? I think it was Eddie Murphy, and he was nominated for Dreamgirls, and he said something like dissing the Oscars and saying like he doesn't want one, and hmm. then he ended up not winning for Dreamgirls when right. he won every single award before and he was great in that movie he was so good in that movie like my favorite part of that movie yeah. for sure is Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting yeah so who knows maybe but we'll see um on the others uh, I'm not gonna say that uh, <laughs> <laughs> say it you can I was, edit it I, okay, 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 <laughs> I was gonna say on the other spectrum of talent um we like to do reboot news every week because there is reboot news every week we, a while ago we had mocked the uh, inevitable Roadhouse reboot that's starring Ronda Rossi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no disrespect to her, but she's a she's just like a sophomore actress in this yeah, movie, yeah. so that's why I said other side of the spectrum. Um, she got a director this week for this movie, uh, Nick Cassavetes. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with this gentleman? Yeah, he uh, will be directing the Roadhouse movie, starring the MMA star. Um, he is famous, of course, for. Uh, the Notebook, I think that's his biggest claim to fame, which is a movie I'm gonna be honest, I have never seen. It's fine. You've seen it, yeah, Mitch. I don't think I've seen. No, I haven't seen it. No. I mean, you know, it's melodramatic love story. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he does it well. Obviously, it, it you know it made a lot of money and it, it's very famous. I mean, yeah, it put Ryan Gosling on the spot. Everyone our age, that's like the go-to. Yeah, right. Romance movie. <laughs> um, you know, he did a movie that I love that. I think maybe not a lot of people have seen called John Q. Have you guys ever seen that movie? No. It's with Denzel, Denzel Washington, yeah. yeah, where he does he can't mm-hmm. afford um, health care for his his child, and he basically keeps people in the hospital hostage because of it. It's a really fascinating movie, actually. Uh, um, I like it a lot. So um, he also did the other woman, <laughs> which I haven't seen it's either. Terrible. <laughs> it's so it sounds bad. familiar. It, 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 Cameron Diaz. That's right. Uh, okay. Leslie, <laughs> who else? Uh, Leslie Mann and Kate Upton 
and um, oh, it fails yeah. the Bechdel test, <laughs> and there are three women. There. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, um, I, I imagine this one will pass the Bechdel test, but um, Roadhouse, Notebook, Romance. I was Good into mix. Roadhouse when we first talked about it. You were into it. Yeah, I know. You were it. like, screw it. This is the Let's one that should do this it. a remake Why that not? makes sense. Yeah. But you, you said you haven't seen Roadhouse I haven't yet. seen the original. All right. You well, that, that's, you know, it. Make, yeah, he's into it. Yeah. I I love Roadhouse, the original. I think it's one of those, you know, so weird and bad that it's good movies. Um, and I think that this is amounting to that at, the, at its worst, right? Like, I think Only you get, if it you doesn't get... mean to be bad, because you yeah. know they didn't mean it to be bad. The original Roadhouse, but if they go into it, you know, making it corny on purpose, it's not gonna f- have the same charm. So I, I don't know what they could do with a remake or whatever they're planning on doing with this. Well, we will see. We, I'm gonna follow this closely because I think it's fascinating. I still can't <laughs> yeah. get over that someone thinks there's a market for reviving this franchise, but um, whatever. Obviously, Nick Cassavetes has got some great ideas brewing. Um, speaking of not great ideas, um, <laughs> you know, Pan came out this this past weekend or two weekends ago? Did it come out the this week- past weekend? This yeah. past weekend, yeah, right? Yeah, this, and yeah. you know, basically, we opted to not see that and watch a movie from 1994. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good decision. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the show. This is this is a uh, huge Jackman and. Huge, Jack, huge jacked, huge jacked man. Huge jacked man. Who else is in this? Who else is in this movie? Um, Rooney Mara. Yeah, Rooney Mara. This is the, the 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 Pan, you know, origin story. Someone decided that we need to find out how Peter Pan got to Neverland, mm-hmm. and um, this yeah. movie. The came subtle out. exposition in Peter Pan wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we talked a little bit before the show. You guys seem to think that it looked cool and promising way back when the trailers first came out. I, I never had faith in this. I don't know why. It just always seemed like a silly idea to me. And it just didn't. It looked like something that would never land with audiences. And it didn't. They're saying this movie might lose $150 million. $150 million. That's a lot. I think Fantastic Four, if I, if I remember correctly, I don't know what it ended up being, but they were they were projecting $60 million it's going to lose. Yeah. $150 million. That's that's less that's than it costs to make flop. Ant-Man. I was like, going to say, does that, did the movie even cost that much to I, make? I, I, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of CG in it, so I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, no, it looks expensive. It yeah, looks yeah. very expensive. Um, you guys gonna? You guys have any intention no. of seeing this movie? Oh, no. Not now. No. Not, not in the next. So, because you, what, because of reviews that you've been seeing? Yeah, yeah, reviews. I mean, if it's on, uh, if it's on like Netflix or HBO yeah. at some point, I'll, I'll check it out because I like you, Jackman. I like Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. I really like Joe Wright as a director. Right. So, I'll check. I wonder that what's out. wrong with it. Yeah. Gonna have to do some research. Is this, let me ask you guys though: Is this a character that you guys? I mean. Something you want to keep seeing movies about, or has no. it kind of been beaten to death? It's beaten to death. I'm not advocating beating Peter Pan to death, but <laughs> well, you can. I mean, <laughs> he'd just fly away. He'd uh, fly away. Yeah, no, I don't care. Um, I think Peter Pan and the original story is good enough, and it's a whimsical tale about growing up, and it's you know. He's a complex character in Peter Pan. We don't need more backstory. Complex character, and like as much as you want to fight it or change it, it's a little bit of a dated yeah, story as well. I sure. mean, Colin, are you sick of this, or do you? Want, I mean, I love Peter. I love Peter Pan. I, mean, I like Smee. 
I like I, I like Smith. He's, he's I like my all favorite. the characters are great, and I love the animated movie is one of my favorite. It was one of my favorite Disney movies growing up. Yeah. Um. But you know, to me, it's just like we've seen it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's, let's, the age-old question, let's, why? Yeah, why? Let's yeah. let it go for a little bit. Yeah. I think they were trying to do something like... They are trying to make another hook, I think. Just The know. hook was, like, funny and... And Hook's a really... Like, di- and, you know, Hook's an original take on this. Yeah. Not, like... I mean, is this not? Is there actually Peter Pan backstory? I have no, original? I have, I have no idea. Wouldn't this I technically be original? I can't speak to that. Not? Yes, technically, but also... You know, I, I, you know, the, the idea of Hook is like, what if Peter Pan grew up? Like, that's like, holy shit, man. What if Peter Pan did grow up? Yeah. What if he went back to Neverland and had to relearn how to be a kid? I mean, look, the movie, that movie doesn't age well at all. Yeah, but, no, it but it's still, it's still, I, I champion the concept. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I wish they would stop making these for like a good seven years. It seems like there's one every five years or something. Yeah, like a remake of yeah. a, like a live action Disney remake. Right. Or... A live television <laughs> TV play with Christopher Walken, which yeah. <laughs> I found right. actually hilarious. Yeah, I heard it. I, I, saw, I saw Christopher Walken dancing. Yeah, Christopher Walken that was, was fun. really funny. I forgot about that. <laughs> he just did it as Christopher Walken. Like, it's me. Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> was Josh Gad Smee? This and that. Was he? I don't know. You made good That's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> Peter Pan. <laughs> Getting on my nerves. That's <laughs> a terrible Christopher Walken. Yeah, but you know what the best thing it. about the, the the best thing about Christopher Walken is his the the TikTok came from his butt. Yeah, he held him <laughs> there for two years. Yeah. You'll under that. You'll understand that joke later in the show. <laughs> that's a Pulp Fiction joke. Speaking of Pulp Fiction, guys, um, that's the movie that we're gonna review in about a few minutes here. But um, we talked a while ago that. Uh, hey, hey, the, Quentin Tarantino's next movie, The Hateful Eight, that's coming out in Christmas, will be released in theaters in a 70 millimeter cut, which is not common anymore for that to happen. There's not even a lot of 70 millimeter projector theaters around, especially around here. Um, but it was just a release that um, there's going to be two cuts. So not only is it being released in 70 millimeter theaters, but the ones that aren't in 70 millimeter theaters will be a different version of the movie, slightly, supposedly. Um, Colin is rolling his eyes hard here. What's I up? Felt that. Do you think? Well, you're you rolling your eyes because you think this is a marketing thing? Like, go out and see it in 70 millimeter. Like, is it a way to get people to see the what it's the movie supposed to be? Maybe, but that still shouldn't like change why you're releasing two versions of your movie. Personally, I mean, the, I agree. I don't like why diminish someone's viewing experience. So, so like, why? I mean, what if you don't have a 70 miller? Mere theater in your, you know, twenty mile radius. Right. Like you're gonna unfortunately have to see, according to Tarantino, subpart cut of the movie. Yeah, like that's unfair and yeah, ridiculous. No, yeah, it's it is kind of ridiculous. Um, Mitch, do you think this is a spiteful thing against those who don't want to trek to go see it in seventy millimeter, or do you, th- or is it just? Well, knowing Quentin Tarantino, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really, may, I think yeah. it might be that. You um. Know? Because he's always been like digital, will kill us all. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't know why he's doing this. Um, I mean, I'm gonna try my hardest to see the 70 millimeter uh, version. It's at, lengthier. It's longer. Okay. It's longer. Lengthier. It's it's larger. 
It's a much um, larger <laughs> format and larger screen time. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I I don't really see... I mean, maybe there's more shots of, like, landscape. Yeah, that would be the only <laughs> exception I think I would make. I, I, but then again, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that makes maybe sense, you know, because if, if it doesn't really push the story along but it is cool to see in 70 millimeter i could see why yeah if the movie is five minute long because it's five minutes longer yeah. just for landscape shots you know. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like quentin tarantino to completely change like content you know yeah it's uh, it, well, it at least story you content. think that he's always about like you should see it the way the director intended it to be seen yeah. right which in his mind is physically you know in a theater mm-hmm. in a large format theater mm-hmm. but also it should be the cut of the movie that is the cut of the movie so yeah Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm going to trek out to see it at 70 millimeter. I, I think it's. I haven't seen a movie in 70 millimeter. I don't think ever. Maybe ever. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm sure I had it a kid. I didn't know it, but I just hope there's someone. One there's somewhere area. around here. Yeah, yeah I, I hope so area. too. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't there's know where. So many chains out here that are just chains. Digital. Digital. Yeah, I know they exist, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, and I, I know. No I'm, I'm hoping that Quentin and his people will do their best to make what? sure that at least in one state, you know. <laughs> Everyone can yeah, see it. Yeah, it's possible that Quentin Tarantino will clarify why he's doing this right. as it gets closer. But and and no doubt when it comes out in VOD or DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, it'll be the version. Yeah, probably. yeah. Or there'll be the one option, version. Right? Yeah. 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 But then it's like, what version are you supposed to judge for Oscars? Mm, whichever oh, that's, one. Yeah, that's interesting too. Yeah. yeah no, I don't know. Huh. Probably. I mean, because everyone's gonna get a screener of that and. And what is it? Is it the seventy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. That's why I assume it can't. It's not going to be content based. Yeah, it'll be I like hope not. Establishing hmm. shots. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one's more establishing. <laughs> um. Well, that leads us into this segues very nicely into our movie of the week. As I mentioned earlier. Every once in a while, we're going from the year 1990, and we're going up a year every time to do a movie in the past. And what we're trying to do, too, is that every every uh, we, we switch off. So, for example, um, Colin, you picked 92? I think I picked Philadelphia. Did you pick Philadelphia? Is that 93? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Philadelphia was the last movie we watched. We watched The Crying Game. Um, Terminator 2. And we watched Terminator 2. And then, and before that was Ghost. Ghost. Ghost, yes. I was trying to play that back in my head yesterday. I was like, what did we, I forgot about Philadelphia. Which is weird, because I really loved that movie. <laughs> um, anyways, this, does that add up? What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 90. 90, 91, 92, 93, Yes, that's, yes, that does add up. So those are the movies we've watched. And, and anyways, the point of that is that this was my turn to choose technically. Um, and we try to we try to do ones that are on Netflix so that if you're out there and you have access to Netflix, it's easier for you to watch it than if you know we find some obscure movie that was made in 1994. Um, you know, 1994 is an amazing year for movies. Absolutely ridiculous year for movies. Um, it is, it is the year of some of my f- favorite all-time movies, including Shawshank Redemption and Clerks, um, and also you know just movies that are classics like Forrest Gump. You know, love it or not, it is a staple in American cinema. Um, you know, I should mention, too, uh, in 94, uh, that was the first time I ever saw a movie, which was The Lion King. Oh, 
So I remember very. You remember, Colin? You know in Maple and Orchard, the powerhouse gym yeah, there. That yeah. used to be a movie theater. Yeah. That was where I saw my first movie, and oh, it was wow. Lion King. So my point is, is that there's a million movies to choose from, and uh, some of them are on Netflix as well. Like like Clerks, my favorite, one of my favorite movies is also on Netflix. But I just I, just, I chose, and we all decided kind of uh, all together that. Pulp Fiction is a good one to look at. Um, it is, you know, I'm going to say this before we get into this discussion. You know, I think everyone has an opinion on this movie, but there's, you can't, this is not a bad, there's no way to sit here and criticize this movie hard would be ridiculous because to be honest with you, it is a very important movie in independent cinema. It's a, it's a landmark uh, movie of the nineties and it kind of, it made independent cinema like a, it's a marketable thing. To, to, to make that and it became its own genre sort of thing so um, but that being said we're going to dig into it I think it's always important to because I, I saw this movie in high school I saw this movie in college and the, today when I watched it I think it was the first time I've seen it since college so mm. I have a different view on this than I did when I saw it in exploring cinema through writing in Mr. Thurston's high school class you know, so yeah, Pulp Fiction. yeah, isn't that crazy? Whoa. Yeah, we had to wow. sign a little waiver, but that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so Pulp Fiction. I mean, this is this is one. It's one of the most important movies of the '90s. Let's get into it. Um, who wants to go first with your initial re? Because we've all seen this before, right? Well, I was hoping you would go first because you seemed like you were hesitant <laughs> about watching it again, and you didn't have fond memories of this movie. You know, I guess I'll go first. So I just want to reiterate that we have all seen this movie before watching it this week right yeah yeah well, um, let's talk about when the first time we saw it you just said high yeah school. high school is for me mitch um yeah high school it's probably high school yeah it's my mom's favorite movie so i don't remember much of it, me watch it so this was kind of like a fresh watch so it was fresh for you too okay yeah well you know it's not fr- i remember every <clears throat> bit of this movie because it's a very memorable film mm-hmm. um i think colin I'll, I'll say that when i saw it in high school um, it was tainted a little bit for me because I had a very not I don't not limited view on what a film should be, but like I I didn't not because re- I still don't relate to half the things in this movie, but I I didn't see I didn't un- I didn't couldn't comprehend the artistry of this film and what it meant and what it, you know this movie in 1994 meant. I think when you see this movie in 2007 as a 17 year old, nothing shocks you about it. Um, Unless you can put that into your, you know, historical context of 94, which I couldn't do. So that was one reason when I first saw it, I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I thought, you know, at that time it was like, if it's not a narrative story that, you know, is A to B to C to D, then it's stupid. And this is crazy. And like, the characters don't go anywhere and blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, I'm Kale and I'm going to go to school for film. And I went to school for film. And that was the second time I saw it at Michigan State. And I think at that time, too, you know, maybe my, my point of view on... on, on Pulp Fiction was tainted because film kids can eat this shit up. You know, they think, oh, Tara Quentin Tarantino, this is the greatest movie ever made. This is why I'm here making movies and everything everything else doesn't come close. So I think I kind of hated it for that reason. Since it's a, I, a legitimate reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, you just get kind of you get kind of sick of it in any film class or school. Yeah. I think that it's very easy, and this is not Quentin Tarantino's fault, but it's very easy to get sick of this. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's also the style of film that every film student ever has tried at one point to replicate. Yeah, um, I, I wrote here inspiring amateur student filmmakers everywhere to put their actors in suits, give them guns, yes, and completely absolutely. ignore the importance of dialogue. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, which is ironic, because the dialogue in this movie. Well, is, that's what I mean. Really like, good. yeah. Right. But um, <laughs> anyways, long story short, I've I have a very bigger appreciation for Quentin Tarantino now than I ever did. Um, and when I watched this movie this afternoon, 
it's so much more my kind of movie than I ever realized. In, and I, we'll get into those reasons later. So those are my initial thoughts. Amazing achievement in cinema. And it was an important film, in my opinion. Mitch? Yeah. For, you, 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 it's been a while since you've it seen it. It has this. been a very long time. Um, but, you know, you know every scene and sequence. Right. Just because they're so memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching it with new set of eyes, you know, I got them replaced recently. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my eyes get replaced once a year. Yeah. Um, poor vision. Uh, watching it a couple days ago, I realized, you know, I picked up on so much more. You know, mm-hmm. after having seen so many new, you know, other films and new films, it it stands out a lot more to me as like its importance as independent film and just dialogue. The whole film is di- about dialogue. Yeah, I mean, that's why I resonate it with more now yeah, than I ever. And it's yeah. so it it makes it so funny and so fun and. You know, it doesn't have to be about anything. Yeah. Because the film really isn't about yeah. anything. And I think that was my problem. You know, in high school, I'm like, what is it about, though? What does yeah. it mean? And, like, nowadays, for me especially, I'm like, I don't even care what movies yeah. are about. It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of so jaded. I'm like, you know, I just <laughs> want to watch it. I just want to be entertained. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not about really anything. And all these characters just happen to be, you know, in the same circumstances, you know, loosely tied together. And it's entertaining. Yeah. And I, I enjoy it. Colin, this is your mom's favorite movie. Yeah, my mom's favorite movie. I think it might be my dad's favorite movie, actually. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, yeah. And it's definitely right up there and probably my top five, depending on what day mm-hmm. you ask me. It might be closer to the top. I feel part. like this is that kind of movie <laughs> where, like, you know, one year it's your top five and one year you forget about it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. so um, that being said, you watched it again this week. Any? Yeah, uh, just uh, today, actually. And uh, Me too. It's whenever I... Well, one, it's so hard now to split the Pulp Fiction cultural impact versus Pulp Fiction, the movie. It's hard to just watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then whenever I think about Pulp Fiction, I always think of the scenes, like you said, Mitch, like the memorable scenes, the overdose, everything at Jackrabbit Slims, Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson, his speech, and... I always think of the scenes and I never, I don't watch it in full often. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. And, and like, if it's on, I'll always like turn on and then I'm like, yeah, I'm watching it. And then like, I'll, you know, I'll go do something cause I've seen it so many times. But when you watch it as a whole, and especially this time, cause this is probably the first time I watched it in two years. I it's like, Oh, all these scenes come together so well to create this story. Just a, <laughs> like uh, about nothing <laughs> really but it sh- just shows how all these pieces can get laid out and not in chronological order not in any context like sometimes we're just dropped into scenes and we don't mm-hmm. know what the fuck's going on yeah. and that's okay <laughs> and just how well this movie works as a storytelling device and what it's done for movie since is just yeah. it's just so great the scenes aren't in chronological order but i noticed that the dialogue is like you know the dialogue pays off later on like in yeah no scene. i know what you mean yeah because yeah. it, it does seem like the scene in, like for example the scene at the diner at the end of the movie isn't the end of the story obviously yeah. you see what happens to john travolta later mm-hmm. but like the dialogue it all is resolved sort of mm-hmm. it was kind of fascinating yeah and that's the thing watching it again today where it is a, it's a lot more it's more um, conventionally narrative than I ever remembered. 
you know it's just that part of it of splitting it up and doing it out of order makes it more interesting i think because if this movie was a to b to c to d to e it wouldn't be an interesting story but because like what you're saying the dialogue moves it more than the action itself Mm -hmm. that's what's so fascinating for me watching it again today Mm -hmm. um so it's more narrative than i ever really recall as a 17 year old yeah yeah well especially rewatching it nowadays i mean back in 94 i mean everyone does this what And he does it all the time still, yeah. you know, not necessarily out of order sometimes, but he does these like chunks where there's like basically five episodes in a movie, mm-hmm. um, which um, is part of also the reason I think so many people don't ever sit through this whole two and a half hour movie. They don't have to, you know, you can watch one part of it and, you know, you're good. It's Because they also, it's like all of them do kind of resolve themselves too, in a way, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for They're example, mini movies, you know, the first, the, the, the scene, first scene with uh, Jules and, and uh, Vincent, mm-hmm. you know, that scene where they shoot the dude at the end resolves itself. You think it's over, you know what I mean? So you could just watch that and then that's a movie, you know, I always forget that that's why we I, end I know, up coming I know, me back too. to that story because that <laughs> scene is genius. It is really genius. Um, I guess let's just start with like let's get this out of the way. Is there anything in this movie that you watching it again that maybe you didn't like or think is I don't know. It's I think this movie, for example, I mean, first of all, is not outdated at all. No. Like it's extremely contemporary for twenty one years ago. Um, but is there anything you caught your eye or ear that was like I don't know about this? You know, is there is there anything that's like this is young Quentin Tarantino who's not yet totally refined? Is that even possible? I don't know. Maybe he was just perfect right away. Anything, Colin? No, no. I mean, not. I mean, there's like little like things here and there that like you. I mean, just I think after viewing it so many times, the editing doesn't match up. Like, yeah, like certain cuts and yeah, action and stuff. Yeah, yeah, especially like you know, you know what's her name? Um, Ros- not Rosanna Arquette, the other one, um, Amanda Plummer. Her dialogue's different when it crosses over the first scene in the diner. Oh, really? She's like, I never noticed that. Interesting. Oh, or I'll execute every last one of you. It's different that first time than she once she says it the mm-hmm. second time. Oh, cool. It's just little things like that yeah. that are like the only... Really f- yeah, it does. Yeah. It was probably intentional. I, I imagine if that is. You think he did that to mess with people? I don't... That would be weird. He, it was probably something he was like, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. So like, we, we shot, care. I'm not going to go back and reshoot this. Yeah. To, you know, change four words or something. Yeah, it makes no difference. Yeah. But I mean, there's nothing. It's it's hard. It's hard to be like, this part of the movie is terrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's um, definitely like a slow part in the movie for me, but I think that's just because it's sandwiched between I, these two extreme yeah. parts that, and it's because I think I've seen it. Too, it's hard that to step it's away like, and look at it. Yeah, yeah. Like if I haven't seen, I would probably be a lot more engaged at this one specific spot than yeah, right. when, what you're saying. If I hadn't seen it before, you know, for for me, it's like not. It, it's a it's a slow movie. Sometimes things scenes drag out, like conversations drag out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just a love for dialogue and acting, and like that's why it's done that way. It is, you know. Part of me also is like I remember. I didn't feel this way today, but back in the day, I remember being like the whole Bruce Willis story. I didn't need, you know, I kind of felt like it, this is Jules and Vincent's movie. Why aren't we watching that? I, I remember always thinking that mm. again. Now I get it more, but that was another thing. I remember being a little jarred by when I first saw it. Mitch, you have any harsh criticism? You got, got anything uh, you want to say to Quentin Tarantino about one? I think my main problem is just 
the like philosophy, like the forced philosophy and a lot of um, stuff that Jules says, like the, the Bible passage, which is, isn't even accurate. Yeah. And just, well, that's just funny though. Yeah, I know. Probably, you know, but I think I mean, that happens all the and time. And maybe it's just something, the reason I don't like that is because it's been mimicked so much by filmmakers Every, and yeah, amateur yeah. filmmakers. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, just come up with something on your own, you know? Um, but I do attribute it to, to Quentin Tarantino's like youth. And when I say youth, I mean, relative youth, uh, it was what his second film mm-hmm. I believe so yeah so i don't i don't know so you just, I, you, you, just you just you get annoyed by the philosophical exposition basically. yeah because a lot of it doesn't make a ton of sense and is also very it seems forced like yeah. one you know one minute we're having like a really funny sort of you know conversation about uh or scene with with vincent and Uma Thurman at Jackrabbit Slims and it's really great and like you really get to know the characters and and everything and then we kind of skip forward and then (laughs) there's a conversation in a car with Bruce Willis and this woman (laughs) that doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me about like was it killing Killing a man man with your bare hands I didn't know he was dead so I didn't know I killed him kind of thing yeah yeah, and she's it I, I like the style. That was where it dragged. That conversation it drags. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the slow part. That's the that one I thing that yeah. really comes to yeah. mind. Yeah. I like the style of it because it's like they're clearly just in a stationary car. <laughs> yeah, with, with the, like the, the back, absurd yeah, background moving that. like crazy. Uh, I like that, but it's it's so stylized. And I think that uh, I think what you're saying though is that you've seen it mimicked so much. Where you know people are like, let's do a philosophy into this right now, yeah. and like you know, but. Let's have a cool talking woman, you know, with a cigarette and dark lipstick talk. But he's, about you know, he is poking fun death. at like '60s movies like yeah. that, and like. And I think that's, also, that's I, the I ironic he, thing. I, I think he pokes fun at it though, because you know, I love like. I get what that. happened here is a goddamn miracle, and I want you to acknowledge that. Like it's hilarious. Every that line yeah. is just funny to me. I don't know. It's like, I, I get that you know he's making fun of that, but it lots of people don't see that he's making fun of it yeah <laughs> it's like oh he's really saying a lot of inter- important stuff it's like he's not really i mean it is I mean, interesting you if you watch kill bill i mean that's a movie where you know for the most part it's, it's not it's like not a dialogue driven movie it's like yeah. action 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 yeah. action action there's no like it's philosophy it's just like let's revenge let's yeah. revenge uh-huh. um oh, no uh but you know that's oh, fascinating no. when you talk about like i wonder if <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's your recommendation for the week. Yeah, um, I think it's on Netflix. <laughs> it, is on, it is on Netflix. Don't, I just have, I don't know why. Um, but I think it's, I think that's interesting. You talk about it, like someone who's young and has things to say. And then someone who gets older and is like, I just want to make something kind of cool. You know, I think that he's kind of, yeah, I feel like kill bill though was like more of a, you know, trying to try these other styles of filmmaking. Like he's always done it. I mean, you can see in, you know, in Pulp Fiction, you know, French New Wave and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. a little spaghetti Western in there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Kill Bill. He tries, it's know, like anime. It's an anime movie. Live <laughs> yeah, action, Japanese yeah, right. and uh, comics sp- book. Yeah. Which is spaghetti why Western that, back yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of. So do you think this? I mean, it's, it's Pulp Fiction. I mean, you do you see like Pulp comic kind of stuff? And do you see this as like kind of like I, I see I see Jules and Vincent as like literally comic book characters. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's For kind sure. of cool. That's why I talk about the way it's like 
uh, contemporary is like that he was like again ahead of his time with this like absurd reality that just none of this really exists mm-hmm. you know I mean it does but it's just overblown like it's funny you know Harvey Keitel's character how professional of a cleaner upper he is like yeah. that that kind of like it's a very that's a comic book character you know mm-hmm. um, and I, I just loved watching that today and, and noticing that kind of stuff um, you know on the Woodwards with Friends podcast we just we spent seven minutes talking about this shitty Fall Out Boy song that's that's popular this year <laughs> I listened to that yeah Uma Thurman yeah you know this song no how do you really I don't listen to radio? Me neither, but I still it, I can't get out it. of a, I probably would know. I can't I walk it, in and out of a CVS without hearing this song. <laughs> so it's this stupid shitty. Sing the chorus for me. She wants to dance like Uma. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can stop. So so they said that this that that's the worst thing to come out of Pulp Fiction is that that song was made because of it. Yeah. <laughs> but how about Uma Thurman, man? Yeah. She not the best thing yeah, in this she's, movie. Yeah, so she's really funny. Cool. She's like, yeah, she's <laughs> the coolest. Even when even when she's ODing and passed out, That's she's the coolest part. Yeah. She's more than everyone in this <laughs> so, movie. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, my favorite scene in this movie is though that sequence. Yeah, that entire sequence. Um, yeah. uh, what's the place? Jack Rabbit's. Jack Rabbit Slims. Slims. Yeah. Which I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love it. I think it's also cool that, you know, we forget that this movie saved John Travolta's career. You know, in the early 90s, he was not what he was in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Which What's wh- happened to him since? <laughs> well, but he was big in the 90s again after this movie. Yeah. He was huge after mm-hmm. the, after this movie. Um, and he's great in this movie. And he's also just a... Look, he's a... Re- whatever you think of him, he's an amazing actor. An amazing dancer. And that's why I think it's always funny that... Because he's, he's known for Saturday Night Fever, Grease... And that Quentin Tarantino was like, hey, John, I want you to come to this, do this movie, do this movie with me. We're going to have you dance. And you're going to be kind of bad at it. But he's also really good at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, it's like a reference. It's a referential movie, right? He makes references to all kinds of mm-hmm. film. And it's also like, guys, remember John Travolta? Mm-hmm. So. I always forget how good John Travolta is in this movie, too. I mean. I don't know why. And every time I watch it, it's, I pick up something new that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really difficult character, I think. And I think a lot of the things that he does with it are really leave a mark. And even the the look on his face when Bruce Willis, yeah, fine, I mean, is like I don't yeah, know. There's just a lot going on yeah. there, yeah. and um, yeah, he's really really good in there. In, in this movie yeah there's a lot of nuances in the character he's a I mean he's a heroin addict and he's always using the shitter because heroin makes you constipated yeah I, I like that um he, I kind of forget it's that, his demise yeah it kills him yeah you know I heroin kinda, kills I mean I didn't thought of it that way but heroin does kill him in this movie in yeah. a certain sense if that's you know the reason reasoning behind that yeah um I kind of even forget like the character's so good and the acting's so good I forget that it's even John Travolta sometimes, and that's weird to say, mm-hmm. but it, it he it takes on a life of its own, and um, part of it's the hair, the hair, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bolo tie, yeah, uh, yeah. Bolo uh, tie is great. I love the bolo tie just as a, just as a concept. Yeah. I don't own enough of them, which is none, but I want a bolo tie. <laughs> Where can you buy one? I was thinking about how I mean, my grandfather wears bolo ties like every day. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> Not a cowboy. Is he from the West? Old, yeah. old Jewish man. <laughs> <laughs> Is 
So I mean, they they kept we talk about the dialogue and the acting is like is what shines in this movie, mm-hmm. right? And you've got you know this Uma Thurman became a star because of this movie. Uh, John Travolta came back. Samuel Jackson, who had bit parts before this movie, Paul vaulted into being a star, and you know he's been in every single movie since. <laughs> yeah. Ever in the history of cinema, <laughs> um, you know, you've got Harvey Keitel and Christopher Walken, who are like established old school actors, and also Bruce Willis was a huge star at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is well after Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Um, just this is an amazing cast. Yeah, Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Yeah. Um, who's your Who's your uh, Let's. Who's your favorite? You, is it Is it John Travolta? I mean, you guys, we were just praised him. Is he Is he what shines in this movie for you? In terms of, like, if you had to pick one. If one I had actor. to pick one character, Samuel L. Jackson. Not Uma Thurman? I mean, I love Uma Thurman in this movie. Don't get me wrong. But, like, just, I think, the cultural impact of a character, while Uma Thurman's is really up there, too. I It's it's Samuel L. Jackson. And I think it that's to the performance I was like, he didn't fucking win the Oscar for this movie. That's stupid. I was, I was thinking that during this, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I would say Samuel Jackson. He has the funniest lines, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, why am I on brain detail? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the windows. You yeah. come back. No, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to triple up here. I think it's true. I think that, you know, he is such an iconic character in this movie. Um, you know, I think Christopher Walken deserves a mention just because wow. he's, he's got one monologue and... That might be the second most iconic scene in this movie, no? Uh, I I, I, I hear it's this. Up there. You know, I I just I, the reason I say that is because Christopher Walken has been in so many goddamn movies and it has it had great parts. But whenever I hear him brought up, someone will make a gold watch joke. You don't get that with Samuel Jackson, I don't think. He's, he's well, maybe you definitely don't get that with John Travolta. You don't get that with um, for sure Bruce Willis. But for somehow some reason, at least for our generation, I feel like this is the definitive Christopher Walken performance. No, I mean he's great, and in the way he delivers, <laughs> that, the punchline is incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just heightens and heightens until it's like your daddy put this in his ass. <laughs> it's so matter of fact in his delivery. I had this it's in my so ass. good. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's true because sometimes I'm like deal? I'm repulsed by it because he's like gonna just hand it to this kid. But then other times, like today, I was watching, he's like. Oh yeah, like that makes sense. Like, what else are you gonna do, Chris? I mean, yeah, yep. He put it in his ass. Um, another reason I, I found that this movie resonates with me more than I thought is that I mentioned that Clerks, Kevin Smith's movie that came out the same year, also Miramax. Um, you know, also part of the independent revolution in the early '90s, is a movie where it's just people sitting around talking. And about bullshit, you know, and I didn't real I, I didn't realize that when I until I watched it again today that this movie is so similar in that sense. You know, I find the scene about a quarter pounder with cheese in Europe. I liken that to the the scene in Clerks where they're talking about which movie's better, Empire or Jedi, because it is just the kind of conversation you would hear anyone having at a bar or whatever. And it's somehow iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like slice of life. And um, you know, that's another thing. I think that you hear that all the time. I mean, that's un- that's just how movies are. And everyone—that's the other reason I think that that 
indie filmmakers and film students saw this movie and were like, I could do that. You know, and you can't. You know what I mean? It's so hard to write dialogue like that. It's even harder to perform it to make it seem legitimate. And I, I just thought, you know, there's that line where um Uma Thurman is talking about silence and that, you know, when you have a moment of silence with someone and it's not awkward, that's when you know that you're, you have a special connection. Mm-hmm. But she goes, you know, why do we have to yak about bullshit? And that's what they're doing the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I love that because that's my favorite kind of movie is sitting around. It's just characters sitting around talking. And I, you think of Pulp Fiction action sequences and shit like that, but it's really not. It's just them sitting around mm-hmm. shooting mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I liked um, Rosanna Arquette's, like, I, I like that all the dialogue just is character building, you know, and it accentuates their characters and their actions, you know, throughout the film. And when, you know, we get, they're dragging, <laughs> dragging Uma Thurman through the, uh, into the house, into, um, oh, what's his name? Lance. Eric Stoltz yeah. uh, and Rosanna oh, yeah, Arquette's yeah, yeah, yeah. house. She's ODing on me, and that that scene is so funny. And I oh, I God, feel amazing. I yeah. I feel like it. You shouldn't be laughing, but it is so it is so funny. And I I kind of like, like that's everything in this yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eric Stoltz's character looks a lot like a pre dude like us. Yeah, 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 like yeah very yeah. Lebowski like. Yeah. Yeah, that's and interesting. I just love the. <laughs> you just. You just stab the, the thing in her heart. I, I stab her three times. No, just once yeah, in the heart that's... and then push down on the plunger. And uh, But to set that up, Rosanna Arquette's talking to that Irish girl. Um, I forget if she had a name or not. They mentioned her, whether, uh, whether John Travolta wanted to go on a date with mm-hmm. her or whatnot. And she's talking about how much she she's like obsessed with piercing and like needles mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And when we cut to the scene when we get to the scene where they're going to drive this adrenaline shot into Uma Thurman's heart, the look on Rosanna Arquette's <laughs> face is like, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah she's yeah, so yeah. pumped. She's so yeah. into it. Yeah. She's so pumped. And then, you she know, she says it, right? She says like, that was trippy yeah. or whatever. And I just love how that scene's say something, something, <laughs> <laughs> something I noticed in that scene. Uh, this time that the same girl the one that was oh, maybe gonna go on the david john travolta yeah. she like there's a quick shot of her like ripping uh, a bong or maybe a pipe uh, and then you, if you just look at her in the back while all this shit is happening on the floor watching she it. is just like, <laughs> like i'm so fucked up right now <laughs> it's yeah. so it's such a nice small detail yeah. <laughs> where's the black book get the black book <laughs> it's so important you probably want to keep it with the needle yeah <laughs> there's a lot of great just great dialogue great scenes i mean we can go on and on and basically recreate the whole movie but <laughs> you should just watch it because this is also one of like the first movies i can recall that like had violence like happen so nonchalantly oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. like and i i really noticed that this time and i'm you know, we're watching uh, Travolta and Jackson walk up to this guy's apartments. We don't really know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. They know what they're going to do. And, you know, they're talking about cheeseburgers and foot massages. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. and they're about to go execute these people. And they're like, well, fuck it. It's another day in the life. Yeah. That's no, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why you say you shouldn't be laughing at the heroin or the, you know, the overdose scene with the, the yeah. adrenaline. Um 
you know, that's the whole movie. I mean, you blow someone's brains out. That's the funniest part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, I think I just shot Marvin. Like, that's one of the most famous scenes <laughs> in this shot. movie. Man, we're on, we're on a public street. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. It's not like, holy shit, you blew his brains out. It's like, oh, now what are we gonna do? <laughs> you know, the whole movie's like that. Yeah. So it's that, it's very, you know, that's that's the historical context I couldn't get. Because again, you, you see that all the time now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I couldn't understand that, you know, watching it in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we can talk about this movie without talking about the music. Um, you know, first Miserlou, which is this Greek song that was, uh, you know, famous in the in the sixties by Dick Dale, um, and Quentin Tarantino used it in the beginning of this movie. And f- most people would tell you that, that that this is the Pulp Fiction song, mm-hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> um, which is amazing. It's a surfing song. Um, it's you know, it it's amazing how that sound is. Uh, that sound is so related to this movie. I don't want to keep bringing it up, but I heard obviously because I had to read up on it. Fallout Boy, um, they used the Monsters theme song, which is just a similar '60s song, to make a sample, and then people said, "Oh, this sounds like a Quentin Tarantino movie." So it's just fascinating that like how iconic to most people that sound is, mm-hmm. and then related with this movie. Um, Ugh, just thinking about people thinking that. 60s music has to be Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, or just the Fallout Boy. Oh, this sounds like <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Like you guys are musicians. My eyes are bleeding. <laughs> I don't know why. Just... Um, I we got to talk about. I think Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Yeah, that, that scene right before, before she ODs. Yeah. Thurman. I reenacted that scene before I came over. Here. It's not the getting high part, but I danced around. Right. I mean, it makes you want to get up and be Uma Thurman. It's yeah. an amazing. It's an amazing cover of a of a Neil Diamond song, actually, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I say it's hilarious because it sounds like a dark song, and it's like, oh, it's Neil Diamond. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a if there's a real positive takeaway from that uh, scene, it's don't snort something you, if you don't know what it is. Yeah. What's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, the son of a preacher? Oh yeah, yeah. Preacher, uh, yeah. Love I love that song. First of all, yeah. Um, and that whole sequence is mm-hmm, great. The way, lips, yeah, the way they introduce, yeah, the way they introduce him. Jungle Thermos. Boogie, yeah, Jungle mm-hmm. Boogie. Um, there's some Al Green in this movie, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just great. Yeah. Good stuff. I think that was one of the best. I think it's one of the you know you think about soundtracks. I yeah. think about like American Graffiti, Big Chill, um, uh, Do the Right Thing, and like this is another one up there that's just like this is a great mm-hmm. soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine I, this movie premiered at Cannes Film Festival and won? Can you imagine seeing this movie again? The uproar, the uproar it caused. I'm sure. Like no, I'm I'm sure. Like (laughs) like that's that's, prestigious. uh, Like really uh, hoity toity festival. Like Tarantino just comes in with rock and roll music and bloodshed. It's mm -hmm. like. That's what's, so, that's what's so interesting about this film is because that is now, you know, yeah, that hit what the style that he did is like that's considered really like film and independent and like that's considered like that's what a movie is. Mm-hmm. Before this, like people were like, "What the? What is this? Like, what are you doing?" Yeah, you know, and that's what's so interesting about this time too. I mean, it's the same thing with Clerks. It was the same thing with like Sex Lies and Videotape. I mean. There were so many indie movies coming out back then, and Miramax was a huge part of this. That they were just like, you know, here you got conventions and they're breaking all of them. And you know, mm-hmm. the Crying Game will, will falls into that too, like mm-hmm. that kind of independent film. Um, what's that, Miramax? 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. so they, they were cap. They were picking up all these indie movies, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So they saw the value of good storytelling over I mean, star power. Yeah, and Colin, and to your point, I would have loved to have been there. Like not necessarily not because I probably wouldn't have been at Cannes, but like I would have loved to have been part of the film community back then and being like, have you heard of this movie? Yeah, yeah. Pulp Fiction. Before the internet. Yeah, it would have been amazing. I mean, I don't know. It's you can't. It's hard to. It's hard to like really speak to what this movie. Yeah. Meant because I mean when because it's everything. Yeah. When you compare it to like the popular films of that year, Shawshank and Forrest. That's a Gump, good way to like. It, yeah. Those are like soap operas almost. Yeah. yeah and right. they're like cinematicness or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Compared to Pulp Fiction, they're comp- they're just so different. And I mean, I'm not knocking Shawshank. I can knock Forrest Gump because I'm not personally a fan of it but but they're both completely different films yeah and yeah conventional yeah. in the sense to pulp fiction for sure i yeah. wrote in my notes that going up it's the same point here it's like i've seen pulp fiction i've been to war these cutesy movies are no longer doing it for me <laughs> like yeah, 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 after yeah. you see pulp fiction it's like well forrest gump is fucking child's play yeah, here right. like like it's a like I enjoyed Forrest Gump, but like it's if like, you just imagine watching one after the other, yeah, you'd yeah. be like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I see and yet Forrest sure. Gump won Best Picture, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um, you know, usually we end this with like, "Do we uh, recommend it?" <laughs> well, I, actually, I have a question. Yes, I read something. Um, there's apparently like a theory that all of Tarantino's films occur in the same universe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you really believe that? You think that that's they meant? I mean, not. I don't know. Like, I don't know how. I don't know how to the, the extent that no, the, the theory, this one you're gonna say I'll is. Tie but. in Inglorious Bastards. Like, the theory is that because of Hitler's assassination and like how crazy that scene is, that the world is desensitized to violence. So then now you have see you have like actual events like. You know, Pulp Fiction occurring, Kill Bill, mm-hmm. Jackie Brown. That's interesting, I guess. I, I think it's absurd. It's a really dumb theory. He likes telling stories. I don't think he ever has in mind to, like, keep everything. Oh, it's the same world. You know? But he does. Like, he mentions Big Kahuna Burger and, I think, Kill Bill. Um, there's even... I. Th- it's, I think there's even same characters. It's so funny because in that's some, in some of these movies that are overlapped. So that's like Kevin Kevin Smith's company View Askew. There's the View Askew universe where like all of them kind of connect, and it's the same way with like products like movie burger and whatever is in every movie. Same actors and characters show up in different movies. Um, I could see that. You know it, what that brings it back to me is for me is is what's in the suitcase, which you know he's been on record to say nothing. He yeah. never knew. He never whatever. But like. Maybe you know that's something that we can maybe find out later in another Quentin Tarantino movie, which <laughs> would be that would be that age. would that would be really cool. Or you know, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, his ma- final film he reveals. Maybe it's um, uh, maybe it's Hitler's hat. <laughs> mm. Hitler's jockstrap. Hitler's bones. <laughs> I just I wrote down a couple things of like ways that like. Films that wouldn't exist if Pulp Fiction oh, yeah. wouldn't oh, yeah. be made. Directors that wouldn't yeah, exist. Yeah, um, everything Guy Ritchie's ever done. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that too. <laughs> uh, even a lot of Alejandro Gonzalez and Uritu's stuff, I find 
super like related to everything Quentin and Tarantino I, even stuff. Christopher Nolan I think yeah oh yeah and yeah Memento and... definitely yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Usual yeah. Suspects Get Shorty Boondock Saints oh, yeah stupid movie yeah <laughs> thumbs up for Pulp Fiction guys two thumbs up <laughs> three oh oh <laughs> Um, we end every show with some Netflix or video on demand recommendations that we prepare well in advance of the recording this podcast <laughs> as Colin pulls out his phone. I have them. I just forgot. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll go. You should go. Okay. <laughs> Cause I know what I'm going to, I mean, I know what I know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to recommend Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. It is on Netflix oh, cool. now. Uh, um, it kind of reminds me of Paul. Is that, new, is that new to, is that new to Netflix? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Um, I think it's a very, very good film, uh, kind of revived, not revived, but, um, established Mark Wahlberg as an oh, yeah. actor, yeah. <laughs> whether he's, he's very, in fact, I would say that's his best film. Yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, he's very good in it. Everybody's really good in it. Julianne Moore, uh, mm. Burt Reynolds, William H. Macy, Don, is it? yeah, Don Cheadle, um, and one of my favorite scenes, just, you know, one of my favorite intense scenes and just master and building tension is the drug deal scene where they go to um, John C. or not John C. Riley, John C. Riley, Mark Wahlberg and this other guy I can't remember, go to Alfred Molina's house to buy coke. And mm-hmm. he's like coked up. Sister Christian is playing. <laughs> There's some boy in the background, like lighting firecrackers uh the music just gets louder and louder there's a guy counting out coke and money and that has a gun and for some reason their friend brought a gun and it's just so intense (laughs) and i love it i love that movie and it gets crazy toward the end but it's about family (laughs) they are in porn but it's a family movie well not a family movie but it's a movie about family family. it's not a family movie Gosh, I watched that Not movie a family with my movie parents. That was weird. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Sorry, your parents. If, you, if your parents love Pulp Fiction, like my parents, I, I my parents would not. They would walk out of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so you guys, your parents have a high threshold. I think yeah, both yeah, years. They do. It's um, just, you know. <laughs> Mom, Dad, if you're listening, it's okay. You don't have to <laughs> watching their eyes, and when everyone else's eyes is like geared on Mark Wahlberg's penis. <laughs> <laughs> It's not his penis. It was a fake. Uh, Don't get so excited. <laughs> Colin, uh, do you have a recommendation yeah. for this week for so our listeners? I'm trying to recommend all uh, horror movies or scary oh, movies yeah. so for, of October. for October. Um, I recommended some horror movies way early in advance. like Because we didn't do recommendations last week. Yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I know I recommend Let the Right One In You know, a few episodes ago. I recommend The Babadook a few episodes ago, too, on two really great horror movies, scary mm-hmm. movies. This week, I'm going to recommend Sleepy Howl. I have a feeling you are. On, uh, on Netflix. Um, the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. Speaking of Johnny Depp. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite weird Johnny Depp roles, too. So uh, does he show up in that? I haven't seen it. Does he show up, or is it just like is it, is it just his torso? Huh? <laughs> what? Is he the head He's of the He's Ichabod Crane. He's not the oh, head of the damn it. <laughs> Christopher Walken is Are you the head of the swordsman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I've, I've never seen it. Spoilers. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> That's not a spoiler. Does, does Christopher Walken's head show up in this movie? Yeah, for a little bit. Okay. But Where, um, Where's he hide it? Up his head. So Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. 
I it's I think it's Tim Burden's wackiness and weirdness working on just like such a high high level um like peak Tim Burden. Yeah, I think that's a very underrated Tim Burton. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'll watch it. Yeah. I will. I the, will. I mean, the costumes are incredible really? in this movie, and the production design's great, and the look of it is... It's it's a fascinating movie, and one of my favorite Johnny Depp performances, too. Have either of you seen this TV show that was... I don't know if it's still on, the Sleepy Hollow TV show on Fox that was kind of popular? <laughs> nope. I thought it isn't still on? I think it's. I think it is still on. Yeah, but, I remember it being pretty popular. Yeah, you guys haven't um, seen that. No. I watched one episode once, and I was like, "Not for yeah. me. Not yeah. for me. No." Um, I this might seem um boring, but I think it's cool that it's on Netflix. Um, speaking of Tim Burton, I guess there's a little connection here because the other Batman movies have been on Netflix for a long time. But I believe this month, Batman Begins is new to Netflix. Um, you know, that whole trilogy is 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 incredible. Um. That's a movie where you talk about historical context, kind of flip the superhero genre on its head um, in a good way. And I think even though I think The Dark Knight is objectively the most enjoyable of an experience that most people had in that trilogy and was also the most memorable experience people had with that trilogy, I think that Batman Begins, if you could really go back and watch them all, it stands out as the best you know, start to finish movie out of all three of those. The script is really, really good. Um, you know, Liam Neeson's great in it. So, you know, take advantage while it's on Netflix because I think the rewatchability of that movie is pretty ridiculous and awesome. And I think it paces itself a lot better than The Dark Knight. So, um, the underrated Chris Nolan Batman film, Batman Begins, is on Netflix. And that is my recommendation. Nice. Okay. Guys, we'll be back um, next week with another movie. We'll, we'll, we'll be back to contemporary movie or movies. Um, until then, if you have uh, suggestions for a 95 movie, which Mitch will be picking? Yes, I will. Um, let us know. And if you have thoughts on Pulp Fiction or any of the films that we've seen before, email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at woodwardsdet. For Colin and Mitch, I'm Kale. We'll see you next week on the Woolworths Filmcast. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production. Your Detroit Avenue to alternative pop culture talk. 